reach out Think your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Welcome to episode 217 of the Inside Running podcast Brady isn't with us as he's busy changing nappies and adjusting to life with two kids. But uh, on a serious note, I'm happy to report that he and Carly welcomed Olivia Joan Trelfel on the 23rd of December. So congrats to both of them. Uh, but the show must go on. And this week, we've replaced Brady with a big name in Australian distance running, which I'll, uh, I'll introduce him shortly. But first, uh, welcome to my regular co-host down in Anglesey who is just hours away from his much-anticipated return to racing, Julian Spence. How are you, Moose? Going good, thanks. Pretty excited for Brady. Yeah, it's good news. Cool cool little message. What was it? Uh, Boxing Day, was it? Uh, No, no, I reckon we heard... Christmas Eve, maybe. Yeah, I reckon we heard before Christmas. Yeah, he did post something about it, but I just didn't read it. I wasn't sure whether we were going to be able to make it public, but then I saw that he posted it on his Instagram yesterday, so I was like, all right, well, that gives us free reign to mention it now. Um, Very cool. And do you like, any advice for him with the second kid? uh, uh, No, the first couple of weeks is okay because, you know, as you know, they sleep pretty pretty well. Um, So, But, yeah, I'm sure it'll take a, a bit of adjusting, but I think the good thing for him is that He's sort of taking a bit of a down down period in his running, so he'll be able to sort of, I guess, spend a bit more time focusing on on the family. So uh, I don't know about you, Moose, but I was a little bit nervous today because he treats this podcast like his baby, and I feel like he's given us the keys to his Kia, or uh, you know, he's given us Olivia to look after. How do you feel? Yeah, well, he he knows there's a good chance we'll fuck it up, so (laughs) that's probably why he's nervous. And we also have a moron joining us. So there's three morons on this show right now. There's, there's every chance it's going to turn pear shape. Well, let's uh, introduce our guest co-host. He's a uh, two-time world championship representative, a 2016 Olympian, where he ran both the 800 and 1500 metres. And at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, won a bronze medal in the 800. Um, he's also the third member of the new series on Patreon, which will be starting next week. Uh, welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, Luke Matthews. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, couldn't you could have uh, hit the nail on the head better. Um, one one more on uh, joining two others, and yeah, I feel like I'm uh, I got a fair bit of pressure to uh, to not crash the car. For your so. for your intro, Luke, I was going to say that your career highlight was your bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games, but then I realised that you were teammates with Moose at the 29, 2019 World Championship. So I'm not sure which is the career highlight there. <laughs> yeah, I reckon the career highlight for me, at the well, career highlight within that team was um, just before we uh, uh, Moose did his last uh, marathon session, and because it was like forty degrees every day there, I see him. His body temperature was probably down to low thirties, and he was absolutely freezing trying to get down a trying to get down a frozen Gatorade before his last session. So that was actually the highlight of my highlight. I remember trying to get a. Usually he's pretty good at speaking, but he was bloody shivering. It was good, but um. <laughs> Yeah, 2019 World Champs Doha. Um, what was I? Top 40th in the world. So yeah, pretty pretty impressive, isn't it? Did you uh, did you get down to watch Moose at midnight? Um, I actually think I was already out of Doha when the men's marathon was on. So no, <laughs> I do. I remember seeing you a few times, pretty much every time up at the uh, rooftop pool, Luke. That was your spot, I reckon, <laughs> for the championships. Yeah, <laughs> on a yeah, on a sunbed. 
<laughs> yeah, well, like I said, uh, highlight of my career, and it wasn't the run, it was purely that rooftop pool. <laughs> well, um, yeah, thanks for joining us today and also for agreeing to be part of this Patreon series. Uh, have you had much to do with Louis and Jess over the, over the years? Um, I mean, Jess, I've pro- I've, I would have met her in maybe 2014 or 2015, but yeah, I suppose our relationship has purely been either at competitions or, or championships. So, um, yeah, having quite a good relationship. Um, always always got along with it really well. And then with Louis, um, I've probably raced him on and off since, you know, maybe when I was like 13 or 14 years old. And um, I'd say that, yeah, even though our racing is pretty good, we usually um, have a, a good night out at a national after party or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. So Are you guys the same age, you and Louis? Uh, he's a year younger, but then I think once you hit 13 or 14, you do a lot of like double-age stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Cracker. He's a, he's a good bloke. We always get along really well. Well, you've joined us for a fun episode. This is always uh, yeah one of my most enjoyable episodes of the year where we, like I guess, do a year in review and hand out a few awards for like performance of the year and athlete of the year but what we might do to start with is just get you to um recap your previous training week uh and just give the listeners a an update of where you are sort of injury wise yeah no worries uh so what the week started on the 20th uh so yeah that was that the monday last week i just i've I've pretty much my training at the moment is pretty much running every second day um, so I'm doing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, um, with the plan to hopefully be running 20 to 30 minutes consistently, probably now in about two weeks time. Um, so Monday was an elliptical session. I did, um, what was it? It was 65 minutes all up, uh, 20 minute warm up, five minute cool down because a cool down on the elliptical is, I just think it's absolutely useless. Um, so two sets, uh, so first set was eight by two minutes off one minute. Um, kind of at like almost like 1500 meter tempo effort, five minutes recovery, and then an eight by one minute um, with 30 seconds recovery, almost like I was doing 400 meter reps. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, I did five by three minutes of 30 seconds of running on the treadmill. Um, They're at about four, 14 kilometers an hour, which I think is about 4.15 or 16 pace. Uh, and then the next day, which was a Wednesday, I did a kind of longer ellipt- elliptical tempo session. Uh, it was three sets of 10 minute tempo, two minutes recovery, and then four by one minutes hard with then two 30 minutes recovery. So there were 20 minute reps all up. Um, we yeah, with kind of tempo and then harder reps. Uh, and then I've actually just realized I haven't actually updated my elliptical, but I did, I haven't updated my Strava. But pretty much every day from Wednesday last week, uh, I just did a one-hour elliptical. And then on Thursday, um, I did, four, uh, what was it, seven by three minutes on the treadmill um, of jogging. Uh, and then since then, I've just been pretty useless kind of over the Christmas time. But I'll probably jump straight back on the elliptical after mm-hmm. I'm done with you boys. So that's me being pretty boring. All of my training has been done in my apartment gym. Um, but I'm looking forward to hopefully getting up to a good level of fitness soon and good level of amount of running where I can actually get some substance going. Cause uh, Moose has been taking the piss out of me a fair bit and I'm ready for that, ready for that uh, bagging to stop. Do you enjoy, how do you find the elliptical? Do you like, find you can get the heart rate up and you can sort of replicate the same intensities? Um, oh, look, I think that 
replaces us. Nothing replaces running, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. If I think that there was one thing that could get close to it, I'd say it would probably be the elliptical. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of of the mindset that, um, you know, if the only way that you can run well straight off an injury is you have to, like, it's all, I reckon it's almost impossible. You have to be doing a fair amount of running as well as a fair amount of cross training or elliptical to, to kind of, to keep form. Um, so I'd say once I'm kind of back running, it'll probably still take me a little while to get back, but yeah, nothing, mm. nothing replaces running like, like running. And, and so you're coached by Justin Rinaldi now. Is he writing these elliptical sessions for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I joined, yeah, I joined Justin, I think it was either June or July. Um, and yeah, I think he gave me maybe one or two weeks of running training. Um, and then yeah, pretty much since then it's either been bike sessions or elliptical sessions and to his credit, they're, they're pretty good. And they're, they're actually, he's pretty creative as well. And injury, like, so you, you're basically pain free when you run now. Yeah, so I'd say I'd say there's like a little bit of an awareness with my Achilles, but I think that's just probably because I know I've had, you know, 12 to 18 months of kind of sh- shit going on with my left foot, ankle, plan or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm pulling up fine, not feeling any pain, and um, it's good. So I, I think from now, like I, I, I wouldn't say that I'd be. I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty upset if I was to go backwards and, and get another little bit of a niggle because everything's been going pretty good. And um, even doing gym work, which usually gym work, you're meant to feel a bit of pain. I've been feeling absolutely nothing. So uh, it's all looking pretty positive at the moment. But I don't know. Last eighteen months, it's kind of been one step forward, two steps mm-hmm. back. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that everything's smooth sailing from here. And la- last Did- question from me: um, best case scenario. So, like, you reckon you'd be fit for nationals? Um, I'd say, I'd say, I, I don't think I'll be super, super fit. Um, I kind of have to have the mindset that 2022 might, might not be on the cards, um, you know, but, but without ruling anything out. Uh, but I'd, I'd have to say that by 2023 with a, with a year of no injuries and hopefully good level of fitness again, I feel like I'll be, um, at a good point by, tw- by hopefully by the end of 2022 to then kind of hit the ground running in 2023. Um, but yeah, well, fingers crossed. Uh, my turn, Luke, to ask you some questions. So, the, um, <laughs> when you do your elliptical, do you, do you try to replicate like the cadence that you would run at, or do you try to do the same sort of movements, or do you look at it as purely just an aerobic workout? Yeah, um, I, I kind of split between wearing a heart rate and not wearing a heart rate. Um, so, if I do if I do a heart rate monitor session. Um, with my tempo efforts, I try to hit what I used to do my threshold in. And then if I'm not wearing my um, heart rate, I just try to do it based on feeling. With In terms of like trying to replicate running, not really. I kind of just do it to a point where I feel like I'm working or my heart rate's at. Um, I'd say the only thing that I maybe do is that just because I feel like I've been on the bike for so long and, and using your arms and the elliptical is kind of a bit of a weird movement. Mm-hmm. I'd say what I do is I just kind of put my, I kind of get my running arms out like as if I'm, I'm running, but just the top half. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, and I'm not sure what it is, but when I actually kind of like use my arms, like I'm running, my heart rate actually gets up um, a bit higher than using my arms on the levers. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's, um, I don't know if, if that's like uh, just happens by chance, but I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Do you do you follow Jake Smith on Strava? He's the British runner. I 
Uh, no, I actually followed him on Instagram not long ago, but I don't have him on Strava. Oh, yeah. Oh, he fucking loves the elliptical. Like, loves it. And he puts all these weird elliptical workouts up, and it's it's pretty good follow if you are spending a fair bit of time on it. Go yeah, check well, it I, out. Yeah. I, I think the – actually, I'm, I'm on his Strava now. It says followed back, so I'll pull it back. Oh, um, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jake. Um I reckon the one that's been the most interesting has been, um, and I know that Justin loves this as well, um, is Elliot Giles. So Elliot Giles has ran, what, he ran, I think he ran, he ran 143 indoors. I think he also ran like a 333 or four or something like that. Um, You know, kind of been Britain's best 800 meter runner for the last four or five years. Um, And he only runs three days a week. And those three runs are... Yeah, so the, and those three runs are his sessions. So everything else he does is either on the elliptical or the. I think he uses an elliptigo, which I'm, I'm assuming is uh, almost an identical workout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember. I remember even before I moved to Justin, um, just because I was cross training through the domestic season. He goes, "I oh, have a listen to this podcast." He's like, "You'll really like it." And I had a, I had a listen to it, and, he, and it's like, yeah, he, he literally just does. He's the only jogging that he does away from his track sessions and his warm up and cool down. Everything else is on the elliptical. No long run, no you know ten mile Wednesday runs or anything like that. Just purely elliptical. Um, so yeah, I I think there's probably something to take out of that going forward. Where if I have been a little bit injury prone of late, to that maybe a fair amount will be done on the elliptical still. But um, yeah, I'll have a look at I'll have a look at Jake Smith. But I think the one to take out the most note for me was was Giles because he's yeah, yeah one forty three and three thirty something. And was he a was he injury prone? Is that why he moved to this setup? Yeah. So I, my from my understanding, if he kind of you know got like around hundred k's a week or even you know eighties or something like that, he'd he'd tear his hammy or he'd or he'd tear his calf or something like that. So. Um, his coach, John Big, who coaches like Langford, used to coach Charlie Grice. Um, they're, they're based out of Phoenix. Uh, sorry, based out of Brighton, but Brighton, Phoenix. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, pretty much got to the point where he realized that his body could only handle 20 or 30 Ks a week and everything else is done on that. Um, yeah, good. Well, Jess, um, well, Jess showed the other, like, you know, her marathon was, you know, off a lot of um, elliptical work as well and not, not as much running as she would normally do. So. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think as well, it's like you look at you look at people like um, like even Jen Gregson. She's kind of when, when I was when I was training with her, she, a lot of her K's were done on the elliptical. Um, and to my understanding, a lot of 2019, 2020, and twenty twenty one was was on the cross trainer too. So um, I think, like I said at the start, I think as long as you're getting a good amount of running in as well as the elliptical, it can work. But there still needs to be a fair fair amount of running, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, who's looking after you at the moment? Like sponsors, supporters, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm still with Under Armour. Um, so I through the Olympics because uh, because because uh, Under Armour gave pretty much Under Armour gave um, people the choice to to wear different spikes through the Olympics. Um, they gave everyone the option to to pause the contract. So I. I pause, I pause the contract um, as well. So that means that because mine was meant to end in December or December 30th, um, I that I pretty much have another three months, which will end in March. Uh, and I 
based on what it is now, I'll hopefully have the conversation with Under Armour coming up soon, whether they're going to um, extend me for my option year or not. Um, so yeah, after March, I'm kind of unsure whether I'll have a whether I'll have a contract or not. But if not, I'll, I'm not sure. I'll have to work out what I, what I do for money after that. Maybe get a real job, like pour some a coffee li- or a something like go. that. A Elliptigo yeah, could yeah. step up. Yeah, maybe I'll have to get maybe I'll have to get an Elliptigo. You'd contract. suit the Elliptigo, I reckon, down along the foreshore, down along the Esplanade. <laughs> I've uh, I've been doing a little bit of riding on that on that beach, and I don't think that there could be anything worse than seeing someone on elliptical. <laughs> Running company Ballarat are hiring at the moment. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Ballarat, I don't think you're hard enough for Ballarat. Uh, well, the one time I spent time in Ballarat was in 2012 when I was staying at Collis Birmingham's house and I got bloody lost in that. What's that big forest? What's that Present? big hill run? Is it? Ainsley, maybe? Mount Ainsley? No, that's Canberra. Oh, wait, no, Mount Ainsley. Is Creswick or Narina or Canadian? There, yeah. I, there was one of, the, one of the hill loops that Collis used to do. Um, I got lost on that, and I lost, got lost in the forest for three hours. I did 30Ks worth of running. So I'm um, I'm actually mentally scarred from Ballarat, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, no, I, I wouldn't handle it. <laughs> ah, well, that's all right. The, the tough men, are, the days of the tough men are over, I reckon, anyway, down there. Hey, one more question. Um, yeah. How nervous do you get when you're coming back for your first few runs after an injury? Like in terms of um, – so I get really nervous when I have an injury and the first few runs back, I'm like, mm. I really, really want this to go well and I don't think I can handle this to flare up on me after five minutes. Uh, probably more nervous than when I race. Yeah, well, I think I – think... For me personally, with the injuries that I've had, um, so what, 2018, even 2020 when I kind of came back from my planner and then kind of again with my Achilles, um, I feel like I've always been at a good point where I know that my body oh, – maybe, maybe I'll just look at 2018 when I broke my foot. Um, I kind of – because I had almost six, seven or – yeah, six or seven months off between my last race, I knew that I was at a pretty good point of fitness and strength. Um, so I haven't been too nervous, but I don't know. I mean, going forward for me now, I'm because I have had 18 months of just niggles. I'm pretty fucking nervous that my body isn't yeah. going to hold up. Um, but at the same time, like because I have been doing, I feel like I have been doing everything right. Um, I'm also pretty confident. But I don't know. I, I don't know how, how I'd be able to handle another another knockback. But um, yeah, time will tell. But yeah. I'd say for this one, this one in particular, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous just because I've had so long off. Mm. All right, Moose, I've got your Strava open. There's a uh, there's a full week here on Strava, so why don't you um, tell me about it? All right. So Monday was the day after the Christmas party at the running company, Brother Adam. Yeah, I, I, I had probably a few too many whiskeys the night before. I felt like shit that morning. Just... Something about whiskey, I reckon I'm allergic to it or something. Like I really enjoy some whiskeys, but yeah, yeah, just an allergy makes me feel gross in the morning. Could be the alcohol, but I don't think it is, I reckon. It's something – because I can drink a lot of beer or wine and wake up fine, but then as soon as I have like whiskey, it's just – it's all over for me for that night and the next day. So I got out for just 50 minutes and after 15 minutes, I was literally like, I'm turning around, like I can't do this. Um, I was lucky. I, I, I kept at it though. I kept at it and 
by the end I felt a lot better. I was sweating something chronic and just just a not in a good way. I would have smelled like shit when I got back. But that was that was good to keep at it. So I got fifty minutes in and very slow, four fifty eight, so super cruisy. I think my first what about, was... what about when you is it like is it is it any spirits or just whiskey? Because I feel like spirits are like yeah, for the next day they're they're, they're almost the worst thing ever. I don't drink any other spirit outside whiskey, so I wouldn't really know. Yeah, uh, yeah, but even like Christmas Day, I, I had two, two or three beers, and then I just had a whiskey at the end of the night, and that fucking blew me away. Just, <laughs> I'm like, there's got to be something in this, in this whiskey. There's got to be something that I'm allergic to. How much whiskey are you putting in the cup? Yeah, that was. Yeah, <laughs> I only had one, much. but it was like 300 mils. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a pot of whiskey. <laughs> um. Next day, I went out to this loop from my old house in Ballarat called the Moose Loop because I used to run it most days when I needed like a 70-minute run. Uh, I, I showed um, a girl I coached, Simone, the loop. She did a tempo on it, like a hillier tempo, so I ran with her. Just a great loop and um, I, like it's it kind of reminded me about the glory days, about when I used to be fit. And I'm like, I've got to find a loop like this back back in Anglesey now because if you're doing a loop like this every, like once every couple of days, you're obviously going well. And I'm not sure if it was like I was running this because I was going well or why, whether this was the reason that it got me going. But 70-minute loop in the bush, gee, that's – you used to go down to Ueys, didn't you, and do this sort of thing, loop? Yeah, um, I used to do it. Yeah, Ueys a fair bit, but – I don't know. I'm over the U.S., so maybe I need to mix it up a little bit and join that one next time. <laughs> glory days, mate. You've got to go back to the glory days and relive them because that's, that's all we have now. Yeah, that's literally, yeah, that's literally all I have in my career right now. <laughs> Brad doesn't even have that. So, <laughs> no. All right. Um, yeah, I, on the way home from work, I stopped, did a 20-minute double out in the middle of this farmland out near Winchelsea. That was... Good to uh, run with the cows and sheep and farmers. That like these are serious back roads out here, and they like drive past you, just wondering who this bloke is with his shirt off, running in the middle of the middle of the paddocks. Basically, that pretty funny looks. Next day, did a workout. This was um, 20 minutes at 170 beats, so threshold. For me, or just below, then a jog, then 10 by 30 second hard, 30 seconds. Ran around a loop down in Anglesey that I do. Uh, didn't feel very good at all for this, so I think I come out as 319s for the threshold. But in the warm-up, felt like shit, so the, the workout actually went better. And then the 10, the 50, 30 second ons, they were way harder than the threshold bit. So 30 seconds never feels so long for the on, and then... The jogs, 30 seconds are gone like in 10 steps, it seems. Every time you look down at your watch, it's like, oh, got to go again. So that's, I can't go fast at the moment. Probably probably don't need to. Uh, next day I got, oh, yeah. So I, I got my new paddleboard, took it out for a K down the river and back, just testing it out, getting my balance. Um, it's a pretty fun little thing, actually. It will be good. Like when I hurt myself next, I'll get in the river and try to keep the heart rate up on the paddleboard. Probably won't help me in any way for running, but <laughs> <laughs> at least my back will get toned. Yeah, you might um, you might get better at chin ups or something like that as well with it. 
Yeah. Well, there's only so many more injuries left for me, so then I've just got to find a new sport. And like long dis- <laughs> long distance ocean prone paddling seems niche niche enough where I might be. <laughs> I might go straight to the national championships. So is this like this? Is this like the um, surf life saving boards? It's it's similar, except this is designed not for surfing. So this is designed for ocean paddling um, instead. You know those boards are designed to come in and you surf them to the beach. Yeah. yeah. This this is like a bullet shape, mm. so it doesn't have a lot of surface area, and it's designed to be really um, sort of efficient in the water rather than being more plankish to uh, for stable on waves. So you can get going on it. Like I took it out the other day, and within I think five minutes, and I was oh, I was probably like 650 meters off the beach, just in the middle of the ocean. It was, it, it's wild. Like you, you look around, you're like, fuck. You love your, you love your toys, don't you? I was thinking before, it was like Christmas, Christmas wouldn't mean anything to you about getting gifts because you just buy yourself a gift every week, just about. And Christmas is about celebrating our Lord, Saviour, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like uh, having beers and whiskeys for you. <laughs> no, the, the next day I ran with a, who did I run with? Um, a lot of bugs around, especially around the swamp here. Like summer, they all start. What is it? Born? How does a bug come about? Hatch. I don't know. Hatch or oh, hatch? Yeah, hatch <laughs> is a good one. Um, then oh, did another double <laughs> around the ovals after some some gym time. Uh, then I did a long run on the Friday, so I went down to Aries Inlet and ran with um, Jordan Karras. He did a little workout, and then Gunther was on the bike with me. So we, um, I just did an hour fifty around the hills. It was quite fun, just because I'm racing tonight. Uh, so yeah, just jogged Christmas morning, eight k, and then yesterday I, I ran an hour with some surges, 30, 15 second surges, and chucked a few different shoes on because this Rue Run course that I'm doing tonight's, it's it's on it's on gravel mainly. But it's pretty steep, and there's a bit on the sand, so it, and there's some tight corners. So I was trying to work out what shoes. It's a real old school racing flat type course, mm. except my calves don't handle that. So the closest thing I've got, super shoe wise, is the first version of the New Balance RCs, which have a. You've got them, don't you? Yes. Well, I've thrown them out because I, I ran too many Ks in them. But they're. Oh, pro- right. But I did once. Once they started to wear a bit, I actually used them for like a lot of my sessions out at Mulligans. So yep. that, they were great on the gravel. Um, yeah, like I, I would, I'd happily wear them for for, for sessions for everything. Yeah. Any sessions anywhere. Yeah, yeah. They could. They can hand, That grip's amazing on them. Yeah. But they what? They went, yeah. For the, for this room run, what type of pace would you want to have? Because what because what is it eight k? I don't know. It's no, seven. Know. It's seven k. Uh, yeah. Have you spent time in Anglesey? You know much? Uh, not 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 for a while. So I couldn't I couldn't even imagine where it is. Well, um, there's a trail that links the two beaches together, basically up a, yeah. pa- parallel to the Great Ocean Road. So you go up yeah. and over a hill, and then down around the river, and then you come back over the hill. So it's it's pretty hilly. I think. Yeah. So. So what would you what would you want to average say for the seven k? Like three twenty to three twenty five, I think is a good run. Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. your major competition? Uh, no idea actually. I think 
little fella from my stores come trying to touch me up, Ben Ludbrook. He, um, <laughs> Luddy. Luddy, yeah, that little fucker's – he's actually picked out both the fun runs I'm doing just to try to uh, try to knock me off and then brag probably at work for the next 12 months. So, yeah, he, I don't know whether he's up to the hills yet. He's still pretty soft, Benny. What time? What time's the race? Six forty-five. Mm. Yeah, late. Oh well, it's good. Uh, good to see you back at it, anyway, Moose. Thanks. Yeah, it was a pretty, I think I did one hundred and ten k or so. So that's the second hundred k loop, and did did four k of ocean paddling. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'll quickly whip through mine. There's not much. I'm on not on Strava at the moment, but I didn't put much up anyway this week. Uh, Monday, I rode the bike for sixty-five minutes. Just Heart rate, average 133. Uh, and then we headed down the coast on Tuesday to visit my parents. So we're down there from Tuesday through till Christmas Eve. So I, I did take my running gear with me, but I I just wasn't I just wasn't sure. I just wanted to give the calf a bit more time. So I decided not to run at all. Um, so I just went to the beach and went for a few walks and that sort of thing. Then on Christmas Day, after we'd sort of sorted out the kids with the presents and everything like that, I jumped on the treadmill um, just to, you know, hopefully, <laughs> I was hoping to get through sort of 30 minutes completely pain-free. And I know what you mean, Moose, about when you come back where you're real nervous and, like, a 20-minute run when you're, when you're fit and your, your body's completely healthy goes so quick, but 20 minutes when you're having that first run back where you're just like, oh, is, is, can I feel anything? Can I feel anything? Mm. It, just, it just goes so slow. Um, anyway, I, I was all good for about, oh, I'd say, 15 to 20 minutes. And then my calf just started to get tight. Um, like not really painful, but just tight, tight, tight. And so I pulled the pin at like 24 minutes. So it was, um, yeah, like I only had the treadmill on like between 12 and 12 and a half K. So it wasn't quick. Um, but the problem is though, once that tightening starts in my calf, it's then tender to touch for a couple of days. And so it means then I'm obviously like, yeah, because I took, what, 10, I think you know, I took 10 days off running completely. And then, you know, I was only able to manage 20 minutes pain-free. Um, so I'm obvious, it's obviously not quite ready to go. Um, so that was Saturday. And then yesterday, because um, I felt like I've, pretty, I've had a real lazy December, and so when I first got injured, I was like, oh, yeah, that's all right. Like, I, you know, I feel like I could do with a break. Like I'd miss, I think, 10 days of running all year. So, But now it's got to the point where I've felt super lazy this whole month. And so I'm ready to get back into some sort of structure, even if it's not running. So I went to the gym yesterday and rode the bike for 90 minutes. Um, they got free Wi-Fi there. So I just uh, took my iPad along, chucked the ashes on, and um, which is a pretty easy way to make 90 minutes go. Uh, so yeah, just average like 136. So um, yeah, that's my week. Uh, but moving forward, I'm going to start trying to replicate my training week, uh, either on the bike or I might give the elliptical a go. I'll, I'll see how it goes on my calf. Hopefully it should be okay. But basically just try and do um, yeah, a couple of sessions a week and uh, you know, a longer ride or a longer elliptical on the Sunday. Sounds so. like you need a paddleboard, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you could get in the Lake Burley Griffin. Yeah, Burley Griffin, yeah. Yeah, I reckon you, we could we could uh, pick a race out. See my have you seen my arms? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't what, have I don't have you, shoulders. <laughs> yeah, it's a I'm, real shoulder sport. I much prefer to use my legs. <laughs> um, 
Uh, how do you how do you find uh, yeah so like ninety minutes on the on the bike? How did did time just go slowly for you? Because I I struggle so much. Like I if I do an elliptical session, I'll look down at my watch and I've been like thirty seconds. It felt like five minutes. Yeah, I'm not too bad with it. I guess it's like I do so much running on my own anyway. Where like I I try and just picture that I'm just out running somewhere and you just get into a bit of a zone. Um, the, the biggest issue I have on the bike is after about 45, 50 minutes, my ass just gets sore and I then, yeah. I then have to like jump out of the saddle for a little bit and then I'll sit down and I find from, from the point that I get out of the saddle, I have to then start getting out every like five or 10 minutes cause my ass just gets sore. Um, but I think, yeah, just hearing how beneficial the elliptical is compared to cycling or how, I guess how more, um, relevant elliptical is to running i'll try and do a bit more on that this week i think so but i'll go i'll go and ride again this afternoon i think yeah i think i think there is like a because your because your leg is coming back underneath your body a fair bit um on well like when you're spinning around in the elliptical i think you can get a fair amount of like calf and achilles pulling so that's why i tried to stay away from it for a bit because Mm. i wanted to see if that was um like inflaming it at all so yeah. that's that's the that's the thing i'd only be conscious of but at the same time I, I feel like almost all injured runners use the elliptical so there there has to be it, it, it mustn't be too bad but i think it's just something to be wary of as well yeah i, I agree because even there's times when i'm on the bike if i'm pushing like a slightly heavier gear or i do get out of the saddle i can feel my calf a little bit so i'd imagine that the fact that i'm you know, I've got my whole body weight on the elliptical that I'm probably going to feel my calf a bit more than I do when I, um, when I ride. So, uh, anyway, no, no stress. I guess because I've got no goals, it's quite easy sort of coping with an injury. (laughs) Um, all right, let's, uh, let's thank some patrons. Uh, I'll kick it off. I've got, uh, Davin Ryan. Uh, Davin lives in Forestdale, Queensland. He's got some PBs of 1931 for 5k, 39.27 39.27 for 10, which he did at this year's Bridge to Brisbane, and 89 minutes for the for this year's Brisbane Half Marathon. Uh, he doesn't have an official marathon PB, but he has run a 50k race in 4 hours 25. And I found out that him and his daughter both have type 1 diabetes. So this year he did the Blackall 100k to raise money for the JDRF Type 1 Diabetes Non-for-Profit Organisation, and he managed to raise over $6,000. So... Well done, well done, Davin, and um, thanks for your support. Thanks, Davin. Uh, I'll go next, Haley Tucker. So Haley is from the Tucker family and Miners Rest, friends of the store. Um, she's one of three, or there might be more, but we know three of them. Um, Rachel, the eldest, Sarah, then Haley, I believe it goes. So Haley ran 42.30 a few weeks back at Melbourne 10K. So that's pretty good because that course was was a bit of a stinker. Um, it was her first race in two and a half years and a three and a half minute PB. So obviously got a good block of running in. Ran a 70, 97 minute time trial half marathon around Lake Windaree in July when the UE's event was cancelled. So that was a four minute unofficial PB. Thanks, Brad, for that one. Um, yeah, so Haley's got a lot of talent. I'm not sure how much training she's done lately so i reckon if she strings some together she'll she'll be going well mm. and who have you got luke uh i've got sarah tucker so this must be part of the famous tucker clan that we we're talking about just now um also from miners rest has pb's over 5k 1834 
over 10K uh, and 85 minutes um, at the most recent Melbourne half marathon. And she was the 27th female overall. Uh, runs for Ballarat YCW, I believe, and is an interior, is an interior designer. Uh, coached by Bob Campbell Burns and is aiming to do the full marathon next year. So that's it. Very good. Well, thanks uh, to those patrons for your support. And, um, yeah, if you want to support the show and you want to hear about Luke, Jess and Louis' training uh, over the next 10 weeks, then uh, head over there and sign up. So their, their first episode will drop uh, next Wednesday, I believe, we're recording, Luke. Yeah, the 5th. Yeah. Is it the 5th? Yeah, 5th. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that'll be a 10-week series, which you can hear over there. Uh, cool. All right, running news. Uh, it's always time of year where there's not much to report on. Uh, Moose, do you want to tell us about some new shoe rules that World Athletics announced? Yeah, so they brought they brought in a new rule that will come into effect on the 1st of November, November the 1st of November 2024. So nothing that will affect anybody in the short term, but they basically simplified the sole thickness rule um, for the track and field events. So there will be a maximum height of 20 millimetres for spikes. The timeline was agreed to give manufacturers sufficient notice following the significant investment they will have made into spike shoes with a sole thickness between 20 and 25 mill so the current sole thickness will continue until then yeah. now this yeah so this this will mainly like a lot of people are going oh shit the nike dragonflies how does this affect the shoes that we've got now as a retailer i hope that they have to bring a new one out so everyone has to buy a new <laughs> shoe but i don't think that they will because the dragonfly is currently legal for the 800 which has a thickness height of 20 mil so I, I think the dragonfly is fine. There's just probably a bunch of other spikes out there that are sort of in production right now that mm. may not um, may not see the light of day. And I read. Is the, sorry, is you go. Wait, is the drag is the dragonfly twenty mil? I thought it was twenty four millimeters to just come under twenty five. Yeah, but it, on World Athletics, it says it's legal for the eight hundred. Oh no, sorry, I think it's legal for the four hundred even. Which which means let me just check this. Because um, yeah. I, I thought I thought when the, I thought when they when they made the rule for the twenty five millimeter stack height, which was mm-hmm. I don't know last year or sometime like that, I thought it well, it pretty much the rule was made around the dragonfly, and that's why the dragonfly came just under that rule. But I don't know. I, I thought I might be wrong. No, I, I reckon I, I think you're right as well, Luke. I thought that the dragonfly was the, was the highest stack height available for any yeah. of any of the track races, which at the moment's twenty five mils. Yeah, yeah. But I guess right, the uh, shoe geek over there, will, he should he should know the stats. Yeah, it's a, it comes down to the four hundred meters, I think, uh, which is yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get back to you on this. They look, will I make went, yeah. Look by the, by November 2024, they will have made cha- like Nike will have a new distance spike that'll okay. be a stack height of 20 mil. So so this is currently. Um, oh no, the new table. So I'm going to look at the, the current table. Uh, is track events up to, but not including the 800, is 20 mil. So track mm-hmm. events from 800 up, including steeplechase, is 25. Yeah. 20, okay. So what we have to find is the list. So we need the list of shoes. Um, and you guys keep talking. I'll find the list and I'll tell you if it's 
yeah. in the 400 in, what's legal. In that same document, they sort of um, announced a couple of other changes where they're not going to enforce this stuff for like some like masters events and like amateurs because now we always chat moose about oh you know it's going to turn a lot of people off if they you know can't can't wear a kayano on a track or whatever but you know this is obviously only really relates to the top end like the the elite guys and the the world athletics meets um and they're going to also bring in like a, a shoe inspector and do like random sort of checks and stuff like that i think so um it it's just like it's I just think it's, and like, I, I don't know whether it's, um, you know, whether it's the, whether it's Nike or the, or the brands or whether world athletics, like who's in the wrong here, but I just don't understand how we're in a, like an international sport, it's at the Olympics and we have so many different rule changes and so much speculation about, um, the gear. Like it's just, I, I don't, I don't understand how it got so out of control and maybe it was just world athletics just being useless and slow to it. But fuck, like, I feel like the last two years, Every yeah. result has been like, oh, well, what shoes have we had? <laughs> mm. And now it's like, all right, we're making rules for these shoes. And now it's like, okay, because we know that the rule now isn't fair, we're going to make a rule in 2024 so that people can adapt mm. to it. It's and, just... Yeah, and especially oh, for a sport that, you know, has always been so simple and actually... Yeah, appe- and natural. And actually appealed to people because it was so simple. It's like, you know, you know, don't need a lot of equipment. And, you know, who would, like, I can't believe that, you know, when I first started running that, you'd like to be talking about shoes <laughs> yeah obviously yeah. The, the brands in the industry have such an influence on the on world athletics that's that we're making rules around the industry like this is this rule come out and said oh yeah we're not going to enforce it now because the brands have invested time and money like yeah. what other sport would 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 worry about that mm. yeah no, no. but it's um yeah yeah it, it, yeah it's like uh it's like even if like in F1, which is all about the performance, they bring out a rule for maybe a year's time or two years time. We're talking about, you know, $250 pair of shoes. And it's like, no, we we're doing this for four years time so that the brands can get ready for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So the Dragonfly is legal for track races up to 800 meters currently. And so it sits at less than 20 mil. So okay. it will continue to be legal. Okay. Yeah. What, what, um, what I, I know, you probably know this better than anyone, Moose, but what, what are some spikes on the market at the moment that are, say, like, you know, high teens to, to 20 mils that uh, people are using on the circuit? Yeah, the, the, the main spikes that you'll find are the Dragonfly and Victory. And, yeah. and yeah. then you've got, you've got a Hocker spike out there that you're starting to see a little bit more and more. Australia haven't really had it yet. Uh, yeah. New, New Balance have one that I reckon is actually probably – not going to be legal it's the lv it's the the um ali's got a pair they're thick they are juicy so emma coburn wore them in the in the olympics they're the ones she wore the the, the red ones so they're likely to be 25 yeah. mils are they i just i mean just by looking at them I'm, i've got the list here so they're that yeah they're not legal so they're the LDX um development so on the list they are not legal so they're over 20 from 20 to 25 but they yeah, feel I just, amazing. I just went on my Instagram just now, and um, yeah, they actually are pretty thick, aren't they? They actually probably yeah. thicker than well, yeah, they are thicker than a dragonfly, aren't they? Um, yeah. So Under Armour, like every spike they've got is legal, from what I can see on the list that's been submitted. Yeah. Uh, okay. So everything is, from what I see, is everything is under twenty mil. 
Um, have you run in any prototypes that seem bigger or anything like that? Um, I, I had a, I had like a newer version of the Myla spikes, which I used for pretty much all my races in 2021. Uh, to my understanding is that they're, I'm about to get my hands on a prototype, um, but I still haven't seen any pictures or anything like that. Um, and then I suppose that the other one is that now kind of the Under Armour Marathon guys are using a, like a super shoe equivalent. So I assume that that's probably over 25 mils. So you wouldn't be able to wear it on the track. Not that I'd ever do a race in flats, but, um, but yeah, hopefully have my hands on something soon. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if, I don't think that the spike would be over 20 or 25 mil. Um, but yeah, I'll see it when I get it. Cool. All right. Listen to question this week. Hey guys, thanks for all the entertainment this year. It's been greatly appreciated. Given we're at the end of the year, I'd love to hear what you would have done differently with your training slash racing. Do you have any regrets and what are your goals for next year? Regards Reg. Reg. Mm. Thanks Reg. Good question. Isn't it? Think back and go, what did I, what did I do wrong? Yep. Um, do you want to kick off Moose? Yeah, so I mean, looking back, I I feel like I blew it a few times. Well, twice. I had two major injuries this year: the Achilles and my knee. Uh, I reckon I should have gone in earlier for the to, for surgery for my knee rather than leaving it later, just because it was the perfect opportunity through this period to to get it done. Because what, no one's really missing anything. Um, I was never going to have any races that I could have really done, not in Australia anyway. So some, yeah, it's always a difficult call with surgery, isn't it? Like some people say, leave it as long as possible. And others say, no, get it done. You will never thank yourself enough. Mm. So for me, I'd get it done earlier. And then with the Achilles stuff, I'd be more patient. So I just, every, every injury we get, I just go chasing, chasing treatments. Like if someone won't, I want it as quick as possible and I want the most aggressive treatment straight away for that stuff. So I see the, like I go and see someone about my Achilles and they're like, okay, we'll just take it easy and and do this and do that. And I'm like, oh, I think you can inject it. I I reckon you can jab it. And they're like, oh yeah, we don't normally do that straight away. Like it's a bit precarious. I'm like, okay, sure. And in my head, I'm already like going, who do I know that will do it? as I walk out the door, (laughs) like who can I call up to make an appointment with? Um, so I, I, I've kind of fucked that myself. I should have been more patient with it. Um, and I, and I also should have had an MRI earlier, I I reckon, because, um, I would have known a lot more about it. like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's more injury related stuff for me, how I manage the injuries and goals for next year. Uh, I'd love to run a marathon again. I, like I've, my goals, I know this is the most cliche, like lame shit ever, but my goals are process goals, <laughs> not outcome goals. <laughs> but I want to get back to running consistently, doing workouts, doing, I want to string together 30 long runs. And like I set a goal back, I think it was in September, like my goal was to return to life to not to be an elite athlete, but I'm going to return to living like an elite athlete. And, and if I can do that and I sort of succeed in that goal, then the, the fitness will take care of itself and I'll feel better about myself. You don't want to throw the cliche, it's all about the journey, not the destination. You missed that one? Uh, yeah, I'm not proud of it, but it just fits. It just fits. <laughs> it just fits. <laughs> 
<laughs> what, what about you, Luke? What would have you done differently this year? Um, yeah, I think oh, almost like the same thing. Whenever I ever have a bit of a niggle, like I've always kind of tried to get an answer for the next day and tried to see someone new or something like that. So I'd say something that I've pretty much tried to do with this most recent thing is just keep the team as small as possible. So take the advice from the physio and just do what you can and, and almost not try to rush things back, which is obviously a lot easier when you've kind of decided that you're not going to keep chasing the European season or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say back yourself and just or, yeah, trust the process and enjoy the journey. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, any regrets? I don't know. I think maybe, yeah, I'd probably just say just that just kind of, I've, I've, there's too many times in the last 18 months where I've, I've, I've gone for a run and I've, I've hurt something and I've just stressed out and I'm speaking to five physios where I should have just kept it simple and I've wasted a week of stressing out when I could have just come to that realization when I first got it, that it's just, it is a long journey and, and you might pick up new things here and there. Um, so yeah, uh, going forward, if I ever get a bit of a niggle again, I'm just going to keep it as simple as possible. One physio, one coach and whoever else I need to see, whether it's a masseuse or a, you know, a specialist or whatever. Um, and then I'd say for goals, it's like, yeah, I pretty much everything that Moose said just then is almost where, where my head's at. Like, I don't want to have a, you know, let's let's go run a PB of a 1500. It's mine is to be healthy. Mine is to actually get back to racing, and mine is to not without ruling 2022 out and not setting goals for 2022. My my goal is to hit the ground running in 2023 and 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 have another great year that which I've had in the past. So. Yeah. Um, use 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 2022 to set up 2023, and then use 2023 to try set up myself for hopefully another Olympic team. Well, the good thing is, like, because look on your IAAF profile, and like, you sort of because you've been around for a while, you actually forget you are relatively young in terms of like distance running. So you still got p- plenty of time on your on your side. Like, you know, you've got yeah, a couple couple more Olympics. Yeah, I think uh, like. 2014, I was 18, turning 19. Like I got to see World Juniors, and then 2015, I did my first European trip, and then 2016, I kind of went from being this kind of just okay runner, first year out of seniors, to to making an Olympic team. And over the next four years, I did see a lot of running, got some good results, and I and I made a few teams. And I even think now, like I I feel a little bit pretty pretty bad thing to say to you you guys i do feel a little bit older than most of the people that i'm running (laughs) but at the same time (laughs) but sorry maybe maybe more mature or something like that but i am only 26 and you know if if i was to say i want to go for hopefully one more olympics or even another two olympics Mm. it actually is a possibility um but yeah i i i do think i've still got a bit of running running left in me yeah Yeah. 26 that's scary this So much more running, especially with a couple of years you've kind of missed. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and I think missing out on a couple of years and, and not being where I want to be and seeing people that I run against run really well, it does it does certainly fuel the fire a bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, like for the first eight months of the year, I actually I wouldn't have changed anything with my training. Like I thought I was really patient. Like I sort of. Um, at the start of the year, I had a goal of sort of trying to average about 120 to 125k a week for the year. And I was pretty much doing that with like no niggles um, and managed to get myself in, in pretty good shape. Um, one, 
one thing I probably would have changed was when we went into lockdown in August, I, I just jogged for eight weeks because I thought that that was going to be the end of the year. Like I had no, there's no way I thought that, you know, we'd be doing, there'd be track races before January, um, which as you guys all saw, it's like as soon as we decided to come out of lockdown and live with COVID, like everything just started up again. Um, and so I probably lost a little bit there just by, you know, sort of thinking that the year was over. Um, so that's, that's one thing I would have changed differently in terms of training. I would have just continued if I knew that uh, things were going to sort of just open up. My only regret came a few weeks ago where I decided for some reason that I had an old pair of, well, they'd only run like 10, I'd only run 10K in them, but this was like three years ago, the Streak LT3s which, as you know, like they're like a minimal shoe. There's absolutely nothing of them. And, um, yeah, getting back in those, I reckon that's what sort of flared up my calf. So I think one lesson I learned is when you haven't been injured for a long time, like I you know, really hadn't had an injury all year. Um, I said I missed 10 days of running, and most of that was catching like gastro from the kids or missing a couple of days because of the, the COVID injection. Um, but you sort of... You, you become a bit complacent when you haven't been injured for a while and you think you can get away with things that you, you'd probably be a bit more cautious if you had been injured regularly. Uh, so that's probably one of the regrets that I had. Um, yeah, and in terms of goals for next year, like I still don't have any real like ambitions of racing, but I think just getting back to enjoying running again. Like just before I got injured, there was a few sessions that I rocked up to on a Tuesday night and I'm like, why the hell am I here? Like, I don't, I don't really want to be doing this session right now. Like, I prefer, like, I'm happy to go for a jog, but I don't want to be doing a session. So, but now that I've, now that I've missed the last three weeks, like, you know, I really sort of am, am missing running again. So, just sort of getting that love back for it. So, that's my answer. Yep. Uh, all right. Fun part of the episode. So we do this. What we've done this. This will be the third year we've done it. Uh, Inside running year in review. So. The categories that we we're going to be discussing today, the best performance of 2021, the most improved athlete of 2021, the most consistent athlete of 2021, race of the year, and the overall distance runner of the year, and runner to watch in 2022. So, uh, And also what excites you about 2022, which was a new one that we put in this year. Brady has sent in his answers, so at the end of uh, each category we'll will mention what he put down. So let's kick it off. Best performance of 2021. Uh, last week, I, I said that I thought this was a pretty easy one, but uh, we've got a few different answers here. So Luke, why don't you kick us off? What was your best performance of 2021? Um, yeah, mine's only... I've only had, had a little bit of time to think about this because I've only just seen, the, um, seen the, the notes before. I think... The performance of the year, and I think my mind automatically goes to Peter Bull coming fourth at the um, in the 800 meter final in Tokyo. Um, so I think because because I got a feeling that someone else might say that, I'd almost <laughs> say that his um, I'd almost say that his semi final was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Like he he ran the day, but he ran the day before and broke the national record. He runs the semi final, breaks the national record by I think it was. 0.02 again and not only that he was running away from people like Clayton Murphy mm. in his semi-final and I went from I went from saying okay this guy might be able to make the final to saying holy shit like I think he's the favorite going into the final 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, and I'm just saying that as well just because I do want to say something a little bit unorthodox. Um, yeah, his final was incredible, uh, but his semi-final performance was – I was just – I was, like, gobsmacked. And, I, yeah, like I said, he went from being a maybe make the final to, fuck, I actually think he might be able to win it. Mm. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's a very good answer. Well, so and just say, and just say, no. I'm, I, I do have these notes here, or some notes in front of me. I'm gonna try to do things away from that. <laughs> All right. Um, so my the one that I was referring to last week was also Peter Bowl, and and I would just put the just the Olympic performance as a whole. So like you know, yeah. just looking at the series of races, like breaking the Australian record at the Olympics on the biggest biggest stage there is. And also just to be, put himself in a position in every single race, or ma- mainly the final, put himself in a position to actually medal. So uh, he was my best performance of 2021 and also Brady's as well. But Moose has gone something different. Well, I put it to you, boys. <laughs> I, th- I put this to you. Luke just said that he thought he was the favourite going into the Olympic final. And we all thought he was a genuine medal chance. He's come fourth. That's how is that got the best performance of twenty twenty one? Because I think if you look at like for an Australian to finish fourth at a, in a distance event at an Olympics is pretty unheard of. So you're you're saying no? That's the that's like the highest yeah, I, result. I, that's the I highest result of twenty twenty one. It might not be the best performance though. Like I think Luke's answer is better. Yes, but yeah, okay. I, I, I get what you're saying because you're because you're, you're you're saying that. Standard change between semi to final is in he might be a he might be a, a chance to make the final table. He's the favourite, and he didn't quite perform at that level or that standard that yeah. that, you, that we expected. Yeah, I can I, I could yeah I can understand that. It's a bit like Stewie coming seventh, right? Before that, like we we, all, we were a bit disappointed with seventh from Stewie there because we thought he was a genuine medal chance. But a year ago, if you said Stewie's going to come seventh in the fifteen hundred final, we're all, like we go oh that's that's phenomenal. Mm. Um, but anyway, mine mine's a little different and probably a little more sentimental, I guess, because I was there watching it. But when Lyndon Hall was the first lady under four minutes to break the 1,500-metre record at Box Hill earlier in the year, she, she ran 800 metres paced and then she ran 800 solo. Well, that was incredible pretty incredible performance um mm. and it, look it was nearly bettered by a four flat run up in if, i think it was four flat maybe oh one or something up in cairns um which was paced by some some guys but still warm and very windy up there she she is a time trialer but this one at box hill uh yeah to break the australian record by yourself for half the race on a mm. on a random like thursday evening or whatever it was yeah i um when I was actually uh, going over this, I was actually glad that I that I saw this because I was almost going to say this was the, one of the best performances of the year as well because it was it was incredible. Like Box Hill, I think Box Hill needs to have more events, but just the way that it happened, um, there was also a chance at the start of the night that she wasn't going to have it paced for four minute pace, and then the fact that she ended up getting it late and did pretty much everything by herself, it was. Mm. And it was just yeah, I just think running under lights when the the lights of Box Hill are a little bit darker than everywhere else. It just was a it was a cool spectacle, wasn't it? And, and she was off the pace after I think it was at three laps in. She's off the pace, and yeah. then she's come back and she's found something that doesn't yeah. happen very often when you're by yourself in a time trial. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Her oh, last four hundred. Her last was it two? Maybe last two hundred was like super quick. Yeah, um, I think. 
I think as well, I've, I've only just thought about this now because I feel like anything past the European season doesn't get classified as a performance of 2021. But um, I think there has to be something said about Oli Hawes' 13.07 5K as well, which is which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And also, did Stewie run that mile in Penguin in January? I think it was December 30. Oh, was or, it? Okay. Or, I think it was like, yeah, maybe the 29th or the 30th. I'm All pretty right. sure it was late, yeah. Because that would have been high up there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, next one. Most improved <laughs> athlete of 2021. We'll kick it off with Brady's answer. He had Sinead, diver, uh, and he's written here, it's one thing to go top 10 in marathon majors that have limited elite fields. Much harder to do it at the Olympics where it's deeper, rose to the occasion. Um I will put out there, I'm going to go with Jai Edwards. Um, So this time last year when we recorded, he had just broken four minutes for the mile at Albie Thomas Mile. So he ran 3.57 for the mile and his 1,500 metre PB at the time was 3.41. In the next six months, he went on to beat Stewie at Nationals, running under the Olympic standard, which made him an automatic selection and and made the semis at the Olympics. He lowered his 1,500 metre PB to 3.33 which put him at the sixth fastest Aussie of all time and ran a mile PB of 349, which made him the third fastest Aussie all time. And he ran that 349 in his first ever Diamond League. So I'll put Jai Edwards out there as the biggest, most improved in the last 12 months. That's a fair answer. Uh, I'll go Peter Boll. So Peter Boll went from someone who was making a few Diamond Leagues but finishing right at the back to basically rocking up to every race and being a, a proper contender in them and threatening threatening race wins, basically. Mm. Uh, and, and even at the championships, like from eight weeks out to the actual Olympic final, like there was the improvement that he made there was, was pretty much worthy of the full improved athlete of 2021, I think. The only thing I'll say to that, Moose, is like you look at his last, you know, like he ran... So 2017, he's run 145.2, 2018, 144.56. Like even 2020, he ran 144.96. Yeah, so it's like, matter. but he, like, matter. so he's shown he's shown potential well before the Olympics. But this anyway. isn't about this isn't about potential. This is this is like a full on change in how he races. Yeah, this but, is some like <coughs> this is someone who's just basically he's gone from running fast times in fast races. Mm but finishing well back to starting to go, you know what? I don't like the fast times will come. I'm going to win this thing. Has he improved Um, more than Jai though over the last 12 months? Well, did Jai make the final of the 800 when both of them in their, did Peter run the, did Peter run in Rio? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, Yes, he he did. (laughs) Who are you? Who are you got Luke? Um, yeah, look, I, like I said, I'll try to do things a little bit left to center. I think that, I think it's pretty hard to top, um, Jai Edwards in the sense that, yeah, started off the year with 341, which he also ran in 2017, which just shows that he's had years and years of injuries and he was obviously a massively talented junior. Um, as well as that, yeah, he ran 333 in one of the best national finals I think I've ever seen, beat Stewie, who was, who looked untouchable at the time. Went over to Europe, ran 3.34 twice straight off the plane, then ran 3.49, ran a 3.33 in Monaco. And 
as well. He ran 3.33 through his 1,500-meter split of that 3.49 mile as well, which I think is incredibly impressive too. Um, yeah, I, I think that probably the Olympics probably didn't go his way. Um, but I think that one which pair this athlete from 2020 to 2021, um, I think they were head and shoulders better, and that would have to be Ollie Hoare. Um, he ran a, I think his PBs in 2020 were 334 and maybe 1328 or something like that. Um, he went from running, he, he signed as a pro, was running all right into his first race of 2021. He ran 332 um, at the at the indoor games in, I think it was New York or something like that. Ran 332, destroyed Jake Whiteman in the last lap. Then he, then everyone had the question marks. It's like, oh, should should we be having people running times indoors? And he went and did his first race of the year, ran three thirty three front run, beat Justin Knight. Did his next run, ran three thirty three again. Went over to Europe, beat Stewie and Ramsden in the Birmingham Diamond League. Uh, Bir- uh, sorry, Gateshead Diamond League. Had a had a had a incredible Olympics. Finished tenth, but you also got to take into account as well. He finished fourth in the Diamond League final. And his ranking is fourth in the world right now behind Chariot, Jacob and Stewie. So I think the fact that he's gone from being this, you know, okay runner who's just, or not okay, but a very good runner who's come out of college into being fourth in the world. I think that's, I think that's pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes to show like, how good our, like 1500 this last year has just been amazing. Yeah. Brady's answer, Sinead did have an excellent run, but I'm not sure it makes the most improved category. No. Like, and I, I think the previous years we've done this, it's always been somebody who, like, has really, uh, like, sort of come out of the woodwork in a way, like somebody that you wouldn't have expected to do what they've done. Mm. Um, yeah, so, all right, we'll move on. Most consistent athlete of 2021. Uh, Moose, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah, well, I said Stewie, and I'm going to use Brady's stats to <laughs> to back me up here. So Stewie, two national records, 17 world-class 1,500 slash mile slash 3Ks. The only time he finished lower than fourth in any race was in the Olympics. PBs for the year, 329, 1305, 728. That's That's... That's pretty good from Brady there, I think. Yeah, yeah. This was like a tough, like it was, it was down to Stewie or Linden for me, but I chose Stewie just from the sheer amount of races that he did on the world stage over 1,500 to 3K. But then you even look, like his worst race of the year was a 1325K. Like, you know, I think he finished in the teens in that Diamond League. But um, yeah, Stewie for me, just from how, how often he raced, on on that world stage what do you got luke yeah i i don't even think there's argument for anyone else um besides stewie like he broke he broke two national records he missed out on the 3k record which was his own by like half a second um he also missed out on a mile record um at prefontaine by like 0.2 of a second or something like that a few months later um, so if he runs a little bit quicker in those two races, he would have broken four national records for the year. Um, and yeah, he, I don't know. I, yeah, I just think the way that he has decided that he's going to run now and that's, you know, literally go out the front and try, try to beat people in the, in the, in the hardest way possible than trying to sit back. Um, 
yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely no doubt that he was the athlete of the year. Mm. Bob Kuzis is an athlete of the year. Yeah. Uh, all right, race of the year. This will be a good one. Um, we'll go Brady's answer first. So he's put down the Olympic 10,000-meter uh, final uh, in the men's. Uh, he's written great field, and we had Pat Tiernan there nearly the whole way. Haven't experienced a wave of emotion like that in a long time, and a race uh, the diehard runner viewers knew was amazing to watch having him there for that long. So that's his answer. Uh, Luke, do you want to go next? Uh, race of the year, probably, I'd almost say, the, and, and mind you, Stewie was in this race, and I, I know we probably want to have an Australian look on things, but race of the year, I'd almost say it would be that um, Florence 5K where Jacob won in 12.48. Um, considering that like top seven or top eight or something like that was sub 13 of the year. Um, yeah, I'll go, I'll do that. Just something a little bit left to center. <laughs> hey Moose, I, uh, I like Luke. He, uh, he knows his sport. He's a bit of a stats man, isn't he? <laughs> hey, stu- a student of the sport. He's a nerd, but he, he tricks people cause he's good looking. And so they think he's not a nerd, but he's actually a real boring nerd. Yeah. I've also tricked people into thinking that I'm good looking too, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called, what is it? Instagram um, curated life. It's your, you, you were good at that, curating your life. I mean, I mean I'm jealous when I look at it. Uh, all right, Moose, what do you got? Uh, I've got the men's 1500 meter final in, in Tokyo, obviously. So this was two Aussies in the final. I reckon the 1500 is kind of the premier distance running event. I know I know most people would agree that they're like the mile or the 15 is what we all like watching the most. Two Australians that were medal chances, so the first time we've had two Australians in a 15 since however long, someone will know that. Come on, nerd. I don't, I don't, yeah, actually, I don't want to say never, but because I, I, there was a long gap between um, Olympic finalists when Gregson made the final yeah. last Olympics. Actually, I don't want to say definitely two times. No, I, I, there definitely would have been two, two Australians. Yeah, it's probably like in the, the 50s or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, so, but they were medal chances and how fast it went. So, Jakob won. And it was great to see Jakob beat Chariot. Like, for me, I don't know why. I don't know why I like that, but I did. Just because yeah. he's so tactical, he's smart, and uh, he's he seems like a... I don't know. Seems like a pretty likable sort of dude. You probably know. You hang out with him much, Luke? Yeah, I um, I, I used to see him. Well, when I was on the circuit, I always used to see him on the circuit. But he would um, the two years I went to Flagstaff, um, the Ingebrigtsens were there, so I caught up for breakfast and lunch with them um, a handful of times. And yeah, they're just like, you know, at the time Jacob had just come off two European Championships. Philip had ran three thirty in Olympic. Uh, world champs bronze or whatever it was and yeah they're just they're just like down-to-earth blokes who are obviously pretty confident in themselves but they just yeah they're just they're just good fellas yeah. Um, but yeah I, 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 it's pretty hard to go against the 15 final as well like you, you in the semis you have the you have the olympic record get taken down which is like what 331 or something like that and then you go even you go three seconds quicker for the final but not even that you have you also have Josh Kerr coming third as well. Like I, I, I was, I thought that was like pound for pound, like the best performance of that fifteen hundred final as well. Yeah, he snuck under the radar there for sure. Closed and, in like a fifty three or a fifty four or something like that, and just wound it up. Yeah. Incredible. Um, um, 
Yeah, so I'm going to go something <coughs> slightly different. So the men's 1500 final at Tokyo was probably the one race that I was looking forward to the most throughout the year, um, especially with just all the different storylines. And it was a genuine uh, world event in terms of, you know, you had your, your Africans, you had your Norwegians, you got some UK guys, some Aussies. So, um, and all the storylines around that 1500 final. Uh, but there were two races throughout the year that sort of got emotions running or... I didn't expect to see, and, and one of them was the men's 10K at the Olympics. So firstly, I didn't expect to see Paddy there for as long because I know we spoke about it um, spoke about it after the event that any time previously we've had a, a guy in the men's 10K final, you, know, you generally don't see them in the second half of the race. It's always just been the way, it, the way it's been. But the fact that he was there for so long, but then also what happened in that last lap, like I was just, I, I didn't know what to think when it was all happening. But... The other race of the year that I didn't know what I was watching and I didn't expect to see it was the national fifteen hundred meter final. Um, yeah, when for the sure. when the gun for went sure. off and you saw Stewie and Jai open up what fifty, sixty meters on the rest of the field, you're like, Oh my god, like what am I watching here? And then for Jai, who at the time hadn't didn't have the Olympic standard so for him to, to for him to make the team, like he had to beat Stewie and and run the standard, and for him to actually do it when most people couldn't believe their eyes, and to know that as soon as he crossed the line, he had booked his ticket to the Olympics, which is like a childhood dream. That was the race that I like. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, so that was the race of the year for me. Good um, one. I think, and even that fifteen final as well, um, like. You said at the start, they opened up 50, 60 metres within the first lap. But the field away from Stewie and Jai was also pretty fucking stacked as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. there was there was Gregson, there was Ramsden, there was um, Rory Hunter, James Hansen. Like, it wasn't like as if these athletes were any slouch as well. And then you just look at the two front. It's like, I think everyone kind of knew that Stewie was going to do that. But the yeah. fact that Jai just went with him and ran scared and then somehow came across and ran 333. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I was... I, I watched it in um, in Port. I, I just landed in Port Douglas, and I I was like I was like so shocked. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, like I was because I was down. Um, we had a weekend down the coast for my dad's seventieth, and my brothers were about to head back up to Canberra, and we're sort of saying goodbye to them. And I'm watching. And I'm going, what the hell? What the hell is this? And also just the significance of like that childhood dream of because you know what it's like. So many times you get selected for a team, it's as a result of something that you've done months beforehand. But for him to have crossed the line, going well, I'm 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 selected as of now, like I'm automatic. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, all right. Next category is the overall distance runner of the year, which um, I guess there's a, what two or three names you could probably throw out here. Um, do we we'll go Brady's answer? So he's gone for Lyndon. Uh, he's written sub two for 800, which ranks her top five all time in 159.22. Three Aussie records throughout the year, so the 1K, 1,500 metres and mile. Uh, Jess obviously got the 1,500 metre back, but Lyndon did sub four solo at Box Hill. Raced 10 world-class 1,500 metres, and lower she finished was six in the Olympic final. Uh, nailed Tokyo, so 359.01 and six in the final. Uh, and then the Diamond League scene, all while living in Melbourne throughout lockdowns. So that's her answer. Um, I'll go next. I, I've gone Stewie, uh, just from I, I guess once again, like he broke two national records, um, so the mile 
and the 1500 meters, which was obviously his beforehand, but you know, the first Aussie to break 330 and still the only Aussie. Um, yeah, so I've gone, I've gone with Stewie over Lyndon there. It's out of these two, isn't it? There's yeah. no one really. I mean, Sinead ran 10th at the, the Olympics, uh, but and then she ran at London, but probably not um, a top 10. Oh, I mean, an overall runner of the year performance combo. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, Lyndon, Lyndon deserves to be there. She's got that 800-159 that sets, like, that shows shows her range. And she did a lot domestically, which mm. is impressive. Uh, well, she showed people that you can run fast in Australia. And I think Stewie sort of showed that as well with that 5K, like the attempt on the 5K record and then also the uh, the mile that he did down in, in Penguin. Like, if you get it right, you can you can do it. Um, so yeah, it, it's a tough. It's a, it is a tough one to choose between them because in terms of you know their Olympic performances are similar, like six six versus seventh. Um, so like, what do you like? Why do you choose? And like, Lyndon did break one more national record than what Stewie did. Um, True. So so what? You know, is it just because Stewie raced more internationally? Was that the reason why? Um, what What do you reckon? Yeah, well, he did. He was he he won races, and he was top three in in international class diamond league races. Mm. And so, but like the Lyndon went to Prefontaine. Uh, I don't think she had her best race there. She had a couple of seconds, I think, in diamond leagues. She had one second. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So look, I, you'll never get my answer was Stewie as well. Yeah. But I feel like we need to mention Lyndon. Oh yeah, for sure. Where do you sit on it, Luke? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to go against go against Stewie. Um, but then at the same time, pretty incredible running by Lyndon. I suppose maybe if you look away from them, you could maybe make a case for maybe Ollie Hoare. He also broke two Australian records, albeit mm. indoors. Um, trying to think who else. Maybe maybe a Jessica Hull. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, even if, if that was – I'm a – Absolutely stretching there, but I think it's pretty hard to beat Stewie. Yeah. For this one, maybe we'll just have a, uh, a men's and women's uh, <laughs> men's and women's yeah. category. A <laughs> little cop out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, runners to watch in 2021. This is always a, a fun one. Uh, so before we get to this year's um, answers, we'll just recap what we said last year. So uh, I had Ollie Hall as to, one to watch for 2021. Matt Ramsden, Zach Faccioni, and Jai Edwards. Um, so not too bad there. Ramsden probably didn't have the year that he wanted, and Zach probably didn't progress as much as um, as we were expecting. But Jai and Ollie obviously had um, great years. Moose, you had Izzy Bat Doyle, Zach, That's a win. Zach Faccioni <laughs> as well, uh, and, not a win, and Ollie Hall. So another win. Um, and, and I listened back to Brady's, and he just threw all these random names out there. He said he was excited to see men's marathoning, whether anybody could knock off the three athletes that had already qualified or that run the standard. So he mentioned like Andy Buchanan, Goddard, Tommy DeCano, Joel Tobin-White, and then what Jess and Millie were going to do to see whether they Mm. could get on the team. That's actually a good call from from that one because Jess and Millie both had breakout 
performances, even if it was super late in the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you also had Clifford and Izzy Bat Doyle. So <laughs> Brady's, Brady's picked the field. Uh, He's such a pussy <laughs> because he won't. He doesn't want to offend anybody by not saying it. Yeah. He thinks he's everyone's mate. And so, yeah, so we did we did reasonably well, I guess. Um, so moving on to this year, Brady has gone, which I thought originally this one was about, like, runners that hadn't really, like, made an Olympic team or hadn't made an Australian team yet, like people that you're expecting to maybe really shot up, like shoot up through the ranks. Um, but he's, for, for 2022, Brady's gone Ollie Hoare to become a monster, Jess Stenson to rip a fast marathon overseas, and what can Luke Matthews do with Ronaldi? So Brady's <laughs> obviously that, buttering, up, buttering up <laughs> Luke there. <laughs> in a different font. He's written, he's written yeah. that after he worked out that Luke was coming. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different sizes, isn't it? <laughs> um, what about you, Moose? Well, I reckon it's Jack Rayner's year to have a massive marathon. I reckon he can run 2.8 this year. I think he's got the head for it. And, yeah, like just even just anywhere overseas, wherever he goes, I think, yeah, we're yet to see Jack put one down since he's um, – since he's two, was it two two ten high? Or was it two eleven uh, low? Brett, Brett was two ten fifty five, and I think Jack was two eleven oh five, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so after his sixty one that he ran in that Com Games, or the what is it, the Commonwealth Half Championships? Yeah, uh, I reckon we haven't seen the best of him, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Oh, and Caitlin Adams is that is that up and comer. Who's just starting to put some put some runs on the board in South Australia and 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 some fast times down and I reckon that she might have have her breakout year this year. Good one. Who you got, Luke? Um, yeah, I oh man, I was having a look on Instagram before and I was trying to just do things a little bit left of centre. Um, so like I said from the start, Luke, uh, Luke, Luke just, Matthews with Ronaldi is that yeah, one of yours? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, in, in different riding. Are you gonna like, Are you gonna name a swimsuit model then? If you're looking on Instagram, <laughs> they have to be a runner. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'm on the wrong page, aren't I? Fitness um, I'll say I'll say a couple. Um, one that's a couple that have impressed me in college have been um, Kai Robinson and <laughs> Hatu Strinzos. Uh, yeah. um, you're a gun. Yeah, anyway, continue. Yeah, so Kai, Kai, I think, was like sixth at NCAA in uh, outdoors. Um, he ran like 8.30 or something for Steeple. Yeah, 8.32. Um, yeah, I'd say as well as that, um, Jude Thomas, he broke Gregson's 3K record, um, and he looks like he's on the way to, to do something special soon. Um, but I'd say kind of in the professional ranks, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Charlie Hunter goes. So mm. he ran 144, I think it was like 352 or 353 indoor mile, made the Olympics, won NCAA indoors, but he's just recently signed pro and gone to Pete Julian. So uh, Pete Julian obviously has a way to get his athletes to go from pretty good to, to world class and, and world beaters. So I think if he has, you know, six to 12 months under him, I think he's going to do something pretty special. Solid answers. Um, I also had have to uh, and Kai, um, you know, have to finish ninth at NCAA Cross, which, you know, we, we saw how deep that field was. So you're obviously in good shape to, to do that. And Kai's run an 8.32 steeple at 19. Uh, another, another college athlete, Lauren Ryan, um, she's run 15.22 for 5K. 
but domestically, two that we we mention a lot on the podcast, like Abby Corwell and Claudia Hollingsworth. Um, mm. Like I'm not, not sure. Like I know Abby's raced recently, and Claudia did a pace job. But you know what? Claudia's run two hundred one at, at the age of sixteen. So um, you'd have to think that she's going to hopefully keep improving. Um, and if we're going for the pro ranks, I'd be interested to see how Morgan McDonald goes now that he's under Dathan um, with the on crew, uh, because you know you saw what he did at college, um, and he was uh, you know he was up there with um, oh who's the guy who's the guy that runs from now Grant, Grant, Grant Fisher, yeah. So like you know they were they were on par at college, um, and obviously Morgan's had a few ups and downs with, with niggles and stuff like that. So I don't think we've seen the best of, of Morgan. So they're, they're a few for me. Yeah, and Morgan as well. Like he, it seems like he um, – I think he hurt his ankle uh, maybe like kind of early on in the outdoor season. Yeah. Um, but his one race of the year that he did was that race, and I think it was Nice, and he ran like 13-13 or 13-14 and just missed out on the on the qualifying mm. time. So even to show off a little bit of work, what he was able to do, um, yeah, he's going to have it. I, I feel like Morgan is always just one healthy off-season or one healthy season away from being going from 13-14 or 13-13 to like sub-13. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and as well, like, I think he, he could probably run low 330s. He could run... Potentially sub seven thirty. So I reckon once he get once he gets everything sorted in a year, he'll be an absolute beast. Very good. All right, last one. What excites you about twenty twenty two? So we'll go with Brady's response. Uh, Jen and Ryan Gregson marathon debuts. Big hype is already being built around it. Interested to see how they transition, especially Jen, uh, where she's jumping into an event where there's Sinead, Jess, Millie, Ellie, and Lisa already dominating it so that's his response um i'll go next then so i think um the fact that we have two major championships more so from the point of view that i think the olympics was the turning point for us like you know over the last 10 15 years like i'm so used to seeing aussies at major championships run sort of get run out either in the heats or the semis but the olympics was so good to watch because just about every distance event we had somebody make it through to the final and I feel like that momentum's really building, which hopefully the same thing happens now in Oregon and obviously Commonwealth Games. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think, well, you, I have the two championships as well. I look forward to seeing athletes at both. So the real, I guess you have to be a real uh, top level to make the world championships now. It's It's not like it was when me and Luke were there. You have to be a good runner now to make it. You have to run two eleven thirty or or run what is it in the what is it three thirty three Luke in the fifteen hundred or something? Uh, yeah, three thirty three was joy. Yeah, <laughs> some ridiculous. So yeah, it, to be able to like if you make the world champs, then you're probably in the top three favourites at the Commonwealth Games of your event. Mm, yeah. You you would think that, and so just to see like how people come back and double from that would be really cool to watch. And um, the return of international marathons for Aussies. So seeing, seeing what our best guys and girls can do, but in races that are conducive to good times and good racing. Yep. Anything you'd like to add, Luke? Um, yeah, well, I think 
yeah, I, I think in terms of for, for Australians, the two champ. Well, actually, no, three championships because um, there's World Indoors as well. Mm. Um, so I'd say, yeah, watching all the championships, I'm actually really looking forward to watching the European championships as well because I think that between the Norwegians, the Brits, a few Spanish guys, the 1,500-metre final there is going to be pretty incredible. Um, but, yeah, I think just back to a, a sense of normality and – I think that the biggest thing for, for, for people to take that next step, which I suppose it was for me, was that um, you, kinda, you, you need to have those 20, 21, 22-year-olds doing that kind of apprenticeship year in Europe to then kind of take the next step the year after. So I'm looking forward to having a good crop of athletes getting a bit of experience, you know, whether it be a British Milers or something like that. Um, but, yeah, and I, I think as well as that, with, with how our men's and women's middle distance to distance running is going, I think that we would have to be a pretty good chance to, to get some medals at the Com Games, and I'd have to you'd have to think as well that then there hopefully is one or two of them that might get a gold medal, um, which you know I, I don't think is uh, an exaggeration by any means. No, I totally agree. Good. All right, well, I reckon we nailed that. That was fun. Um, so Moose on the loose purchase of the week rules of Strava. Hmm. Well. I don't really have too much to complain about and I haven't bought anything. It's been a frugal Christmas. Uh, what did I buy for free? Jose Gonzalez vinyls. So I've been playing that. I've been enjoying them. Rules of Strava. Yeah. Oh, gee, this is, I've, I've run out of stuff. I'm going to be honest. I'm running out of stuff. We've been going for 200 and something episodes. There's only so much shit I can make up. Well, I've got one, but I've only ever seen one person do this on Strava, and they have a separate activity for every rep of their session. So if they're doing K reps, oh, every rep is a new segment or new That's um, disgusting. new activity. <laughs> That's, just, that's just a feed clogger. Oh, yeah, it's crap. Who's doing but that? I, I think that there's two ways to look at that, though, because uh, – I don't know if you guys know Josh Johnson from, uh, from well, Team Talford. Yep, he's the only oh, one that does it. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so, so I reckon, I reckon he, I reckon his watch automatically connects to Garmin Connect, and then it automatically connects to Strava. So I don't reckon he's. I reckon there's been times where he's accidentally done it, unless he's actually put in uh, rep one. No, he doesn't. He doesn't title them, but I'm just like, this is just too much. <laughs> yeah, but also that means he's restarting his watch yeah. throughout the session, which is. Yeah. How do you get the recovery? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I don't know how they do that. Anyway, yeah. I've never. Yeah, because you're gonna have to turn your. You're gonna have to stop it, record it, and then relink to satellite, relink to heart rate, and then go again. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like ugh. that's like a that's like a minute process right there. Yeah, someone's got to show him how to use his watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a stop button that doesn't. Yeah, good one. I, Mm. I, I don't know. Uh, this might have been said in the past. Rules of Strava, and this probably applies more to, I'd say, rec runners or some of my friends. When they try to put up an hour jog or a 12K jog, and they'll be like, oh, I ran 4.20 pace. But then the overall time says uh, it's like 4.45 pace. Yeah. I yeah. hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so many. I, like, I, I do it out of spite now. There's this, there's this one girl that I follow on Instagram, and she tries to put up, oh, you know, I went for my 10K run, blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, oh, average 4.30s. And then I, I don't even follow her, but I go on the Strava out of spite. And her, 
average her, her overall pace is like 660 or 650s yeah. and i'm like yeah, yeah. what the fuck is going on here? it's it's the old if it's too good to be true it often is and so you see that and you're like that's too good to be true so you click on it you're like yeah it is <laughs> that 10 minute break in the bathroom when you stopped your watch that still counts yeah, and it, and you look at the you look at the splits and it looks like a heartbeat just going up and down up and down yeah. up and down <laughs> intervals you can do 5k worth of intervals run 1240 well, I yeah. couldn't, but someone probably could. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're pretty much done. Um, what's what's coming up, Moose? You're, you're racing tonight. Anything else happening over the next week? I've got another race, actually. Ooh. So I'm doing two. Dawnbusters on Friday, which is unofficial Geelong Championship road race, 5,000 metres. But this year they've decided to do away with record like official results. So I guess they're just saving some money, the Geelong Cross Country Club, they're saving some money on on timing. So they'll be doing timing mats or anything. So after the race, I can just tell anybody whatever time I want because no one will ever be able to fact check it. Well, if it's and, not on Strava, it doesn't count. <laughs> so I'm, I'm up for a 14.10 tonight. Oh, well, New Year's Eve morning down at um down at the Geelong waterfront. And you got a big, just, big New Year's planned? Oh, yeah, massive. Just cans, cans. <laughs> Whiskey, lager, lager. <laughs> nah, I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> like, no doubt the, the pub bar on the corner will, will keep me awake, though. So I'll be up at one, but I won't be having any fun. And what do you got coming up, Luke, in the next week or so? Uh, not too much. I actually got gifted by my fiancé the, uh, the new Harry Potter play. So I think I'm watching that on Wednesday. So that should be good. Um, but, uh, don't, don't even know what I've got planned for New Year's. Who are you going to take? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got two tickets, so yeah, might have, might have to take one of you guys, maybe. Now <laughs> um, go, go to that, and then yeah, I don't even know what I got planned for New Year's, and then I got a wedding early Jan, which is kind of the, I suppose I'll just use that as my my time away. So three days down, actually kind of down your way, Moose, um, near Tor, near Anglesey somewhere. Um, but yeah, not not too much. I'm pretty boring at the moment, to be honest. Maybe that's good for you. <laughs> Probably is good for me and my Achilles. <laughs> All right. Well, well, make... Yeah, sorry, Moose, go on. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, make sure you don't message me when you're down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'll wake up with one of those whiskey hangovers. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. But um, thanks so much, Luke. You've been an absolute star. And uh, we've just been messaging Brady that he may not get his job back. Um, <laughs> yeah, so all the best um, for the new year. We look forward to following your journey on patreon so um yeah get over there and sign up to listen to luke and uh yeah i think um i think we're going to take turns of like hosting it so brady um julian and myself so we'll chat to you regularly throughout january and february yeah awesome no i really enjoyed it um thanks for having me on i'm looking forward to to the series that i'm doing starting next week or so awesome all right thanks, thanks guys see you moose cheers see ya And I'm gonna hold my head on high
Oh, no, no.